0: Today on It's Time.
1: Because the Bible says Jesus said your Heavenly Father, and oh, this is so comforting, knows your needs before you ask. <laughs> I like that. I hear the calling. It's time. It's time.
0: Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike.
1: Well, what about the parable, or not the parable, but the actual story Jesus gave? Remember, uh, because it doesn't say it was a parable and I want it to be not to do that. Jesus said a man went from Jericho, uh, from Jerusalem down to Jericho and it says he fell among thieves and they robbed him and they left him along the road half dead. It said a scribe came by, looked at him, Went his way. Pharisee came by, looked and went his way. A Samaritan, one of the untouchables in society, those that were looked down upon because they were considered to be half-breeds, not fully Jews, not fully Gentiles. They were half-breeds, and a Samaritan came by, picked him up, put him on his own animal, took him to the nearest inn, said, "Listen, you take care of him. I will come back. I will give you whatever bill he runs up." You see, that Jesus said, that's who is a real neighbor to somebody. So here again, we find the same thing. He said, you will help them. You will um, really reflect the love of your father there. Then he goes on and he says, verse 6, You shall not pervert the judgment of the poor in his dispute. Keep yourself far from false matter. Oh, friends, I think that's wise, wise, wise. Keep yourself from things that aren't true. You know, I don't go to a lot of places. You know, there's a lot of junk on the Internet. You know, but let me just tell you, you put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's there. There's a lot of really heretical teaching that's on the Internet now. And people have all this different stuff. And so you want to be careful because it will pervert your judgment in the way you look at things because you've heard this stuff in your head. Well, maybe it could be true. Well, yeah, but it's probably really false. And that's something we need to be careful of. It says, you should keep yourself from a false matter. Do not kill the innocent and the righteous, for I will not justify the wicked. And you shall take no bribe for a bribe blinds and the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. So, understanding that somebody that wants to give you something for a favor, be careful. Those are always very, very, I believe, dangerous things. um, Because, uh, again, we think, oh, well, that's easy money. It's fast money, but it's also money that perverts. Now, you as a magistrate in Jesus Christ's millennial reign, and you will be if you're a Christian, I promise you, you remember, write it down. October 31st, 2021, Mike Kessler said that I will be a magistrate, a, law, a, a lawyer, a, a, a judge, a, a policeman, whatever it is, in Jesus' millennial reign. Yes, you will be. Be careful because again, here it's where it says, bribes are those things. Now, I don't believe you'll ever have a, a temptation to be bribed. But I believe that the people that you will govern over will. Now remember, during the millennial reign of Christ, there's going to be people on this earth, and you ought to think, oh, we live in a utopian age. Yeah, but you're, you're governing over people that are not born again. Yeah, the devil's been locked up for almost a thousand years. But remember, people still have their old sin nature. And that's what you're going to be the magistrates over as you minister under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So he says, take no bribe. Bribe, uh, Bribes do bad things to you. Also, you shall not oppress a stranger. For you know the heart of the stranger, because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I remember I was singing one time to myself. We used to sing a song, I'll be no stranger there, no, I'll be no stranger there. Somebody says, well, you'll be no stranger there than you are here. Um, but um, <laughs> the thing is, is that it feels, it feels weird to be alone. You know, and, well, you're not one of us, so we ostracize you. Well, he says, remember when when you first were whatever, what it felt like when you were strangers in Egypt. Now, verse 10, he goes on and he says, Six years you shall sow your land and gather its produce, but in the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie follow, And the poor of the people may eat, and they may leave the beasts of of your vineyard and of of your ground. So he says, um, six years, and then you let the land have a break. And whatever grows up naturally from the seed that fell over the last year, if it grows up, you're not to touch that, you're to let the poor have that. Now again, you have to think about this. During the millennial reign of Christ, the world's going to be filled with billions of people again. God will have a welfare system. Not like we see now, thank the Lord. If you don't work, the Bible says you don't eat. So in order for the people that are poor to not starve, the land lays rest, whatever naturally comes up, the people that are poor can go out, trespass on your field and take whatever is there. You say, but but, but, but what about me? I've got, I've got to make, I got to make good for that year. I, I mean, I've got, I've got the last six years. I have those and I have bills to pay. You know what What it's saying here is if you'll honor God in those six years, he will take care of you in the seventh year. And in fact, God holds this very seriously. Because the children of Israel profaned the land, the promised land that they moved into, Israel, and they didn't honor any of these Sabbath years of letting the ground lay fallow. And they were hauled off captive to Babylon, interestingly, for 490 years. Seventy years, they had just really disregarded that in the land of Egypt. and In the land of Israel, God says, I'm going to get my 70 years one way or another. So God just took it all at once. And the children of Israel clear out of Egypt, clear out of the land of Israel uh, when they were captive in Babylon. So he says... I'll take care of you, literally, and that they, the poor, may eat. Then he goes on and he says in verse 12, Six days you will do your work, and on the seventh day you shall rest. Now, everyone, I don't think that this is necessarily a law, because we remember what Jesus said about the Sabbath. The Sabbath was not made for God. The Sabbath was made for you. I like that. Isn't that a weird law? You have a law where God says you will take a day off and I'm going to take care of you the other days. I'm going to bless you enough in those six days that on the seventh day you rest. Now, if you're a paramedic here, if you're a doctor, you're uh, something, maybe your day of rest is a Thursday or a Wednesday or whatever it might be. All I believe this is saying, just enjoy a day off A week, And just thank God for what he's given you, how he's blessed you. But God, you know, I got to keep my nose to the grindstone. I'm not going to make it unless I work every day. God says, you're not trusting me. You trust me and I'll make up the difference. And I've always seen God do that. And God has ways of blessing you and making up the difference that you don't even know about. I've shared so many times. I drilled a well one time, and the guy comes to me and says, Mike, you need to get this big shutoff valve because there's going to be a lot of pressure, and you need to get it, and you need to get it fast. I didn't have the money to buy it. I asked him, I said, how much are they? He said $3,000. Now, this was back in, like, uh, 1985, and I, I didn't have that kind of money. You could buy a brand-new Datsun pickup for five $5,000. That was half the price of a car, and I didn't have that kind of money. And I, I go, God, I don't know what to do. I always took, did what God told me to do and everything like that. And and uh, I went for a ride with my dad. We were down in Buell. We stopped by this guy that had a field of junk. And we we walked out there. And I said, you don't have any big shutoff valves. Do? And he goes, I just got some from the government a couple weeks ago. And I said, can I see him? And he walked out there and exactly what I needed to the exact dimension. And I said, how much is that? It still had the tag on it, the, the wire where the white dress tag was on it that said what it was. I said, how much you want for that? And he goes, $15. And I said, sold. And I said, you wouldn't happen to have the flanges that you weld onto the pipe and then you bolt that on there, do you? And he goes, I got those too. I said, how much are those? He goes, a dollar each. And I just went... And I walked away from there, not thinking what a good deal I got, but I walked away, and it was like God saying, I have ways of taking care of you you don't even know. And I go, God, you do this for everybody? (laughs) Yep, he sure does. You're on your way to the store, and you see a yard sale, and you pull over. And here's a brand new, whatever you were going to go buy in the store, sitting there on the shelf for a quarter. I don't know how God does it. But I know that if we'll honor him, the Bible says he will honor us. And this is one of the great things that we have in our God. The Bible says, and this is what is so foolish, friends, about the positive confession movement. Now, you may have heard it. You may not know what that is if you're new to Christianity. But that's where you have the different TV evangelists saying, well if you just use the magic faith words that I tell you to use, just blab it and grab it, just focus on it every time you walk by your refrigerator. As you see that brand new Americanus Maximus picture that you cut out of the newspaper, sticking there on the wall, you walk by and say, that's mine, I'm claiming that car, that belongs to me. It's modified witchcraft is what it is, friends. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, your heavenly Father, and oh, this is so comforting, knows your needs before you ask. <laughs> I like that. You know, I, I I look at my life sometimes. I've been a Christian a long time. And I have been embarrassed sometimes in the way that I've talked to God. You ever do that? You get mad at God, get your nose in a knot, you feel God shorted you in some way, and, and, and you know, God, you, you shorted me. You didn't know what I wanted you to do. And, and you know, when I, I think back, and I think, God, now i got to tell you exactly what I want, because you, you, you can't figure it out. God knows what I need before I ask. And so all God's called me to do is stay faithful to him. I don't even know. Really, you know, when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, when he said, give us this day our daily bread. You know, friends, that's our daily sustenance. Do you know, I don't really know what my daily sustenance is. Do you know why? Because I don't know what that day will hold coming up here in a month and 5 days i died i was clinically dead for 2 minutes when i got up that morning i never in a million years thought or dreamed that i would need a really good heart doctor to put a stent in my heart when i got up that morning and didn't i that was the farthest thing from my mind got up and told my wife i said you know what I said, I feel the best I've felt in about four weeks because I had COVID about two, uh, about uh, right before Thanksgiving, and I was over it, started feeling better. Told her, I said, man, I feel the best. It was the fifth of December. I said, I feel the best now that I've felt in four weeks. Two hours later, I was dead. Heart attack, just COVID, a uh, COVID clots. That's one of the things COVID does is it clots your blood uh, and uh, it, it's scary stuff. And, and by the way, I'm not a doctor. Don't do this unless your doctor says, but my doctor told me, had you been eating a, a baby aspirin a day, a baby aspirin, if you're over 50, you should eat a baby aspirin. So he told me, he said, probably would have never had a heart attack because it helps thin your blood just enough that it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. But I got a COVID clot. Gave me what was called the widow maker. Only 14% of the people who get that live. And if you live, you're an invalid because you've had so much heart damage. And I, I went in. I, I didn't even want to go in. We were going to go to Hawaii. And I, I told my wife, I said, I don't want to go in the emergency room with all the sick people. I'll get sick and then I'll be it sick in Hawaii. I don't want to do that. And so I'm sitting out there arguing with her why I don't want to go in. And all of a sudden, here it comes again. It started hitting harder and harder. And I said, okay, I'll go in. And I walk in, and I was having a heart attack. And man, I'll tell you something. That was the, give us this day our daily bread. I don't know what my daily bread is. I don't know what I need every day. And for me to set myself up in the place of God, ordering God around, I want this, I want that, I claim this, I claim that. Friends, I'll tell you, it's dangerous stuff. You know, I found it's a wonderful thing to let daddy be daddy. You got a father in heaven that loves you, that knows what you need before you ask. Now, if you had... A wonderful earthly father. That concept is a pretty easy jump. If you've had a terrible earthly father, maybe a drunk, or you never knew your dad, or he'd come home and and, and throw you against walls, or never show up, or abandon your mom. I believe today that's why there is such an attack on the father image in our world and in our culture today. All your TV programs picture fathers as idiots. That wasn't the way it was 50 years ago or 60 years ago. Your father knows best, my three sons, the anti-griff, Dad always had the right answer. Not anymore. Dad's the idiot in the room. Of all the people, a 13-year-old kid knows way more than dad does. Don't listen to your father. But there's a reason behind it in Because that's how God wants us to relate to him as our father in heaven. Our father which art in heaven, see... But if you have a bad concept of a father, or you didn't have a dad, then all of a sudden that's a hard thing to understand. Well, I got good news for you. You have a dad in heaven that loves you, that has described what he is like here in this word, that says that he loves you and he wants to take care of you. You see, God, in this last verse we read, verse 9, doesn't want us to oppress the stranger. How much more would God never oppress you as his own child? Because he loves you. It's God's good pleasure to provide for us. And you know, the more you fall in love with your daddy in heaven, the more you realize his divine providence in your life. You see, that's what's good. This morning, if you've never never accepted Christ as your Savior, we're going to stop here. I'm sorry we didn't get through the chapter. But as we look at this, because next week we're going to go into... More of the, of the, the, those special times, three of them, that the children of Israel were to honor. They had three festivals. They had Passover, they had first fruits, and then they had the ingathering, which was like our Thanksgiving. They had that, but Jesus was the fulfillment of all those. Again, search the Scriptures. Hey, it was Jesus all along. Passover, the blood on the doors. That was Jesus' blood. First fruits, Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit was given to the believers. Wow! God's got good things for you. You have a dad in heaven who loves you. He knows what to give me to not spoil me, but give me everything that I need. And like I shared, I don't always know what my daily needs are, friends. But as Jesus said, your Heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask. You know, it's really amazing that, again, when I went to the hospital, the doctor put that the, put the stents in happened to be there. He wasn't on call, he'll be there in an hour. He was there. And you start looking and go, God, how do you do this? As God. And he'll do it for you He'll do it for those that you lead to Christ. He'll do it for anyone that will just simply say Daddy. This morning, if you honestly can't say Daddy, because you're sermon yourself, man, you're saying, no, I'm the I'm the I'm the one calling the shots here. Hey, I've learned something. One thing life will show you is that you can't call the shots because you don't know what's going to happen to you in two hours. The last thing, honest to God, the last thing I, the very last thing that I thought of that Saturday morning when I got up, I was going to die in six hours. I had no idea. No idea. But in Christ, it didn't matter. And I just want to encourage you today. You don't know what's going to happen from now. So what I want to encourage you today is put your life in God's hands. You trade away something you can't keep for something you will never lose. What a deal. What a deal. And let God be God in your life. You have a Father that loves you that will meet her. And you know, if God takes something out of your life, don't get mad at God. I don't know why he took it out of your life. Maybe it was a person. Maybe it was a place. Maybe it was a thing. Don't get mad. Because it's a couple reasons. One, you don't know what that thing, person, or place would have done to you if it remained in your life. Number two, we only have so much ability to contain. And if I'm holding on to the wrong things, God tears it out of my hands. That leaves my hands open to take what he's going to give me. Novel concept, but it's true. And if I'm too busy holding on to imitation ice milk, I'll never have the real ice cream. And I am convinced that our society, our world, following the crowd that's already evil, is so content with imitation ice milk, they never get the cream that comes from the Father. I would just invite you today to consider Jesus. The Bible says, if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful, just to forgive us our sins. Cut that pass so I can have a new beginning every day. Won't hold me back anymore. And let God do something brand new in your life. If you need to pray today and get right with God, we're going to pray. You can repeat this in your heart. You can speak it out loud and say, Lord, I want you in my life. That's what the Bible says. If we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brand new clean slate. You need that. I need that. I need that every day. So this morning, if you've never prayed, we're going to pray. And you can ask Christ to come into your life. The Bible says we repent of the foolish way we lived. I'm calling the shots. Hey, listen, I don't know what's going to happen an hour from now. I don't want to call the shots. I want God to call the shots. He knows what I need before I ask. That's what's so good about being in Jesus. Oh, every one of us, I just ought to make you want to just dance out of here on top of the donut that you just got. Because God takes care of us. You know, I thought it was really interesting. Yesterday, October, 65 degree day. We needed that. I got up this morning and it was raining and I thought, you know, Lord, just one day makes all the difference. If you're not a Christian, you can't pray this prayer fast enough. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Please forgive my sins. They've been great and they've been many. And I'm sorry. I've tried to live it my way. I'm sorry. From this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And his blood covered my sins. And rose from the dead to give me life every day. So now fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I would love you more and I would love my fellow man more as we read today from your word. To not hate my enemy, but to love them and reach out to them. And thank you for eternal life. I spend eternity with you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed the program or would like to catch up,